Welcome to Chosen Conversations, uh, where a group of friends talk about the Chosen series, uh, what it means, what it means to them, and how it impacts their lives and proclaims the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're in episode two, sorry, season two, episode four, and today we'll be talking about the disciples, their dynamic, and more specifically about uh, the dynamic between Simon Peter and Matthew. Uh, they've had a off encounter from the very beginning in season one we'd seen their whole story through season one and season two and we'll just dive a little more into that story and discuss what has happened where they've been and where we're at and how we can apply that to us today so john mark why don't you go ahead and lead us um, with the story of these two of these two disciples uh thanks david that chosen series begins with Matthew and Peter as main characters along with Mary Magdalene. And these two characters share a common situation. You wouldn't think so because Matthew is a tax collector working for the Romans. But we also see Peter trying to get out of debt for whatever reason he's in debt and he's trying to find a way out and he is willing to cooperate with Romans. To find a way out. So we have Matthew working with the Romans and Peter cooperating with the Romans, though he reneges on that at the at the last minute. But both of them find themselves outside of their practicing faith community. In fact, when we have the Sabbath scene in chose in the in season one, Matthew has his Sabbath with his dog and Peter leaves his Sabbath to go to fish with the Romans in search of those who are violating the Sabbath. So both of them find themselves in cooperation with Roman occupation with and uh, Roman taxation, and they find themselves, neither one of them, practicing their faith in the way that it should be practiced. Yeah, John Mark, you make me think about that scene too. That he uh, Peter has a little run-in with the Romans when they kind of think mm, maybe he's trying to pull a fast one on us when he's fishing on Shabbat, and he gets in no uncertain terms: you either be successful with this, or we'll put you, you know, under the jail. Um, and Matthew is a witness of all of this. He's seeing this going on, and he knows because he has access to the financial data of what Peter and apparently Andrew is looped into as well, oh, uh, the Roman government. And I found that very interesting since that's one of those imaginative things the series does to maybe explain how they would have known each other since Matthew is the tax collector in the town that Peter owes the tax in. But then the miraculous catch happens, and Matthew being the casted character of extremely intelligent and very quick with the arithmetic is sitting there saying the, the probability of this is zero. This cannot happen. And then the debt that, that is paid off by that miraculous catch, he has to tell Peter, who he thinks he kind of has in the crosshairs of being called on the carpet for his debt, that his debt's wiped out. And he cannot, he really cannot process it. And I don't think that helps Haley with the animosity uh, that is present between those two characters because Peter already doesn't like the Roman government. Matthew's a representative of the Roman government. 
and now Peter's scot-free from what he owed the Roman government, and Matthew can't make, make sense. Right. And they really got off to a bad start, even before Matthew was called to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, and what we see is that Jesus set up Matthew in situations to be curious and see him performing miracles, working in the lives of the other disciples, um, and led him to the moment of where he said, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew dropped everything, dropped his job um, as being a tax collector, a very affluent job in the community. He was well off, as we know, and he left everything to follow Jesus. And even the moment that that happened, we start seeing that animosity build, specifically with Peter. Um, we see Peter as a very protective, very strong character. Um, and we see him very protective of Jesus. Um, and that's very understandable. And so what it shows us is we're going to continue to talk about that today and how they didn't get along, how the disciples wondered and questioned, why did Jesus choose you um, as one of his disciples? Why are you worthy for this appointment or this role in Jesus's missionary journey? Um, and so I'm excited for us to continue speaking about this. One thing that stands out to me um, that we can relate in our personal faith journey is as Christians and followers of Jesus, we cannot control how God works and Jesus works in our life. We also cannot control who Jesus chooses um, to be a follower of him. We also don't understand the bigger picture. And so sometimes I think we can learn from this and we can't judge each other. We don't understand what God's doing and working in our life. And the brothers and sisters you have around you in the congregation, you may not always get them or even like them to some extent, but the way that Jesus works is beyond our knowledge and understanding. And so I hope that as we see this series progress, we can see Matthew and Peter grow to get, get along better and, and find a way to get along and really work toward that mission. And I think we are starting to see that as we move through season. I think when you were calling, reminding us of the calling of Matthew, and how Matthew felt unworthy about that. Who, me? You you want me to follow you? And there was also that sense of unworthiness from the part of Peter when Jesus called him. He fell on his knees and said, "I, you know, get away from me. I'm a sinner. So both of them recognized the, the wonder of being called by Jesus. That this was a gracious call on the part of Jesus. And yet the animosity that Peter feels toward Matthew comes out in the calling of Matthew. Remember, we talked about that last season where Jesus, Peter says, you don't know who this man is. You, know, you don't know what he's done. I love the way Jesus looked at him, kind of like, are you really saying that to me? I mean, don't you know who you are? Uh, and Jesus said, well, he's, and Peter says he's different. And Jesus says, get used to different. So, that, that sentence used to different, David, I wonder if you would comment on kind of when they were sitting around the fire in season two and the kind of discussion that was going on that Haley alluded to about they're trying to figure out what is Matthew doing here? And, yeah, what, it's, it's and what's kind the problem with because, Matthew being there? Yeah, it, it's sad because, I mean, it seems like they all have it. Uh, they, they all have something against him. And it makes sense because... He's the one that chose, he was born a Jew, and he chose to represent the other side. And so, at least it, among the others, they know, yeah, I know I'm not worthy, like Peter, or the others know they're no one's worthy to be part of the 
you know, but they were called to be in it. But they all have that sense that even though I'm not worthy, I never left my people. I never turned my back against them and went to the other side. And I think Matthew even himself has that guilt that he did do that. And he put himself above everything else, above his family, above his uh, fellow, you know, citizen uh, neighbors. And and that's why when you get to that part, even though they're all called now and part of that discipleship group, at that point, they still see him as an outsider. They still see him as a betrayer that he left and went to the other side. And they can happen to to see through that. They can they can see through that and, and start building a relationship with him because all they see is you're not for us, you're against us, and we just can't get past it. So it's kind of hard to see it. And, and, and obviously, as we develop more, we'll see how that changes. But at that point in time, they're still stuck in that sense that he had he had turned his back against us and we, we don't believe you yet. We don't know if you're still with us or against us or why are you even here? I think all of that's spot on, David. And uh, you also made me think of something else I hadn't really considered before. It's almost like there's another level too. All of that is correct. And they're sitting around the fire and they're thinking about that. But that job that Matthew chose to do also made his affluence much higher than theirs. You know, he has a house and he has uh, nicer clothes and they right from the get-go they're they're picking at him about his shoes and how you know they throw him in that cart back in season one and he gets dirty and he he's going to throw his shoes away because he's got so many more, more pairs of shoes they they didn't live that way they were much lower on the income scale and i think they resented him for that too as much as might or almost as much as they might resent him for trading his people yeah i can see you know, there's a big economic difference that you're pointing out, Stan. There's a big political difference that you're pointing out, David. And then, and then there is the the kind of spectrum autism, or that that Matthew is on. He's different. He's a different sort of person. You know, and all three of those things run against the grain of the other disciples: the economic, the political, and his disability. And, and we know people, we know that happens in our churches, doesn't it? That we, we're uncomfortable with that economic difference. We're uncomfortable with political differences. We're uncomfortable with people with disabilities. Um, and it, we struggle to connect. We struggle to welcome. And it's really hard, suitable to people who are different, especially those who are different, that chose a different side on purpose, right? And I, I think we see kind of a real human struggle among the disciples who accept Matthew. But there are some who do accept him. Who would that, who would that be? Who, who's accepting and welcoming of Matthew among the disciples? Well, we see Philip come in and he, as a more mature disciple following John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, as we know him, you know, he knows more. He knows better. And as soon as he comes in, he realizes what's going on. And he decides to be different. And he decides to get to know Matthew and, and went to Matthew. And in that way, he is opening Matthew's doors to be part of the circle that he had been left out of. He's, well, he's being welcomed back to the circle that he had been left out of because Philip was the way into it, pretty much. Philip came in and he, he accepted him and he decided to to talk to him and make friendship and, and relationship with him. And so now we're seeing 
the others see Matthew a little differently because someone else came and decided to be different. So I think that's interesting to point out how sometimes we need an external person to come and show us differently so that we can know, see what we have been doing wrong and start acting different in, in situations that we didn't even see it before. Well, brother, you've, you've done it again. Uh, <laughs> you just showed me another layer of something. I, I think that you're right with Philip. You know, he brings wisdom, right? Because he's been following John the Baptist and John has told him, oh, there's someone that's better. You know, I can't, I'm not even worthy to untie their sandals. And so he sent them over to Jesus, right? So he's bringing the wisdom I think you noted. But I think what John Mark was looking for is the women accept Matthew because oh, there's no, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no ego. Um, so that's interesting. You've got, you've got wisdom coming from a follower of John to come over and say, guys, it's, it is thinking differently that, that it's not, it's not about who's worthy. Then you've got women who don't have the ego of trying to puff up their chest and prove who's, who is the leader or, or whatever. And they're just saying, Hey, you know, why don't you learn Hebrew with us? Why don't you learn some of the scriptures with us? And they're embracing him in a different way than the other male disciples I think are right I wanted to say, add to what David said as well about the wisdom of having been a disciple of John remember in the gospel of Luke this doesn't come out in the chosen but in the gospel of Luke John is baptizing tax collectors in Luke chapter 3 so Philip if we if we follow that scenario Philip is the sort of person who's been around tax collectors who have repented and become disciples of John. So it's not strange at all to him that a tax collector would be following Jesus. Very good point. Uh, Haley, I wonder if you could tell us now about these differences and Peter and Matthew are put together to go find Mary Magdalene when she has sort of a uh, a relapse into her previous life. And so that, that is fascinating that you take the male hothead ego person and the person who's already got an endearing connection to the women, and you send those two people to go try to find her. Absolutely. Um, if I may, I have one comment about Philip, and then we will get into that. So when you guys are speaking about Philip, really great, really great knowledge and learning there about who Philip was and how he came into the picture. I just see Philip as an example for us, as a mediator type personality in the right perspective we need to have when approaching um, our group of believers and just having a mindset of acceptance. And I think the more we put ourselves around different types of people, the more we'll be comfortable in that out of our comfort zone. Um, so I think that's a great analogy. There. And with the women, I love what you guys said. I think this is why Jesus may have chosen women or they chose to show women as followers of Jesus in this series. Um, because they do bring a different perspective and different personality and different traits and um, talents to the picture that the men sometimes don't bring. That's the beauty and the difference in how God created us. And you do see the women nurturing Matthew, um, you know, taking time to get to know him, caring for him, making him feel included. And I think that's why um, we see Matthew finding um, such love and friendship with Mary and when Mary does face a very hard time, um, Matthew's very concerned. And Jesus does prepare both Peter and Matthew to go search for Mary. And as you see in the 
many disciples questioned why in the world would Jesus pick Peter and Matthew to go look for Mary? I think they even said, I hope they don't kill each other. You know, fun joking comments like that. But honestly, it's apples and oranges in their personalities. And so when I was watching um, the, the episode where they go look for Mary, as soon as she leaves, Jesus is like, go get her immediately because she's so important to the ministry. They care so much about her. She's had such large struggles and she's She's a human that has dealt with a lot um, and she is a broken person. And so we see that, um, you know, you can never be too far gone um, for Jesus to come searching and rescuing you. But in this scene, we see Peter, who I see him as strong, protective, a very good leader, um, very bold. Um, and then we see Matthew as compassionate, caring, more loving and nurturing. Um, and so you can see them two together may clash, but I truly believe wanted them to go together um, to help each other, to see that they both can contribute to the better good and the, the goal behind bringing Mary back. And I think we see in these episodes, um, the connection between Matthew and Peter and how Matthew came and nurtured Mary. Um, in that scene, we see when Mary was actually throwing up because she was sick um, from being at the brothel, we see Peter kind of look at Matthew with some eyes of compassion, look at Matthew a little differently in that moment. And we see him maybe thinking, hmm, Matthew does have something to bring to the table here. Maybe there's a reason that Matthew came with me on this journey. Um, so I think characteristics like that, two opposite characteristics can really be good for um, the mission. And we can see through this that just because one person is different than you, you might both have some unique talents to bring to the picture. So I love that scene in The Chosen, and I can definitely understand why Jesus chose the two disciples, Peter and Matthew, to go together to get Mary. Wow, that's a great point, uh, Haley. When I think about that ministry aspect of it, when two people who who have differences, different personalities, different backgrounds, but when they cooperate together to help someone, when they cooperate together to do ministry, they can they can come together in a unity and come together in a mutuality that they might not have had or had the capacity for before. So what it becomes a transformative ministry is transformative. When we minister together, we as a community, as people in relationship, we not only are helping the, the object or the subject of the ministry is, but we're being transformed ourselves in the process of ministering to other people. Mm -hmm. And that, that reminds me of, you know, going back to around the campfire, and maybe we can conclude with this. When, when the hostility toward Matthew and the questioning of Matthew and uh, gets to a crescendo, and the disciples are about to come to blows almost, that's when Jesus walks by and he's dead, tired, he's shuffling, his, he's bent over. You can tell he is so fatigued. He goes straight to his tent. He doesn't greet the disciples in any significant way. He goes straight to his tent. And Mary gets up, Mary, his mother, gets up to go wash his feet. And then the disciples say, oh yeah, it's, it's not about us. 
It's about Jesus, and it's about what he has called us into. May we embrace that in our own lives. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.